Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Score! Johnny Toronto! I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. 2-0. Alright, here we go. Episode 58 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Kent Stapon at Leafs Pod at Hockey Pod Nets. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is not only my favorite sportsbook, but America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America and Canada, our top athletes are on their way over to Tokyo to compete for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for the listeners. Listen to this. Place any pre-wager event of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits. If America wins any medal this year, that's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze. 100 to 1 odds is an offer that doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the Olympic action. I love using DraftKings. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. What we want you to do, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. 
See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get Kraken. Excuse the pun. Uh, the Seattle Kraken selecting their team yesterday evening. We are recording this episode on Thursday, July 22nd. And the Kraken have a team. And now we can all look forward to, I know I just used one, but we can all look forward to not hearing any Kraken puns for the next foreseeable future as this roster has been selected. So let's start with Toronto's pick. Toronto loses Jared McCann to Seattle in the draft. Leaf fans reacted exactly how you you would expect them to react. They are ultra pissed about this. And to be quite honest, I don't understand this at all. Is McCann a good player? Certainly is. Is he better than Alex Kerfoot? I mean, obviously Ron Francis thinks so, or they would have selected Kerfoot over McCann. Uh, I think that the Leafs management maybe was going into this hoping that They would keep McCann, and that Kerfoot would be the player that got selected. You save a little bit of money on the cap. Uh, It's been well documented that the offensive upside for McCann might leave a little bit more for the player, or be a little bit higher of a ceiling for the player than Alex Kerfoot. So, Ronnie Francis takes McCann. Ultimately, what this means for Toronto is they are able to keep their roster intact for the price point of a seventh round pick and Philip Hollander, who is a B-level prospect who ends up getting shipped out to Pittsburgh in exchange for McCann. I I gotta be honest. I don't understand why Lee fans are so agitated about this. Like, (laughs) I know the fan base is ornery. Can't get ornery at times. But my God, you would have thought that this was the captain that got shipped out. The way that fans were reacting. That this was, you know, a huge flub by the management team and Kyle Dubas to let a player go who was here for five days. He he didn't even play one game. He's not played one game with the team. And everybody's losing their mind. Everybody's losing their mind. Not to mention the fact that you lose McCann, but you're able to keep the rest of your roster intact. So if you want to argue about roster construction and say that the roster that Kyle Dubas has constructed isn't good enough. And that they lost the negotiations, that they have trouble bringing in, you know, bottom six forwards who were going to be effective. They have trouble filling out the bottom two defensemen. Like, whatever it is that you want to argue about, like, that's fine if you want to argue about that. But the bottom line is that McCann would not have been available at that price point if it weren't for the expansion draft in the first place. I see people saying, you know, it's worse than losing a seventh round pick in Hollander because McCann's a more, a bigger influencer. He's a better player. It's impossible to separate the two. Okay. 
But if it weren't for expansion in the first place, do you think that Pittsburgh is trading out a serviceable third-line center with upside for a seventh and a prospect? No chance. Also, you can't have your cake and eat it too. The last 10 years, all I've listened to is Leafs fans complaining that the decor sucks. That there's no right-handed shot defenseman that could plug in on this lineup, that we're porous defensively, that the group needs additions. So this past couple seasons, Dubis has made some adjustments. He signs TJ Brody as a free agent, makes the trade for Jake Muzzin. You find Justin Hall basically in the woodwork, who proves to be a serviceable partner, and all of a sudden your top four rounds out. And it looks pretty good. Goals for percentage. This is a team that was third place in the league last year. And, you know, spare me. All the, all the fans are going to say, well, it doesn't matter because you didn't make the make it past the first round of the play, playoffs. Spare me. I, I know that. I understand the frustration. I know that the regular season accomplishments don't matter. But the fact of the matter is, is that this group, head to tail, was one of the best defensive teams, defensive Toronto Maple Leafs teams that we've seen in the last 5-10 years. They're solid. If there's one thing we learned from the expansion draft, and we'll get into what Ronnie Francis's tact was from a league perspective in just a minute here, but it's pretty obvious that something that he valued over everything else was cost certainty in cap space. We could talk about if the Leafs would have lost, you know, Kerfoot or whoever, if uh, they left Hall exposed, whether or not he would be selected. I, I think it's pretty clear, based off of Francis's other picks, that there's a very good chance that Hall would have gotten picked up. And I feel like this management group in Toronto looked at it and said, we would rather head into next season... With Brody, with Riley, who has a pretty big negotiation on the horizon, by the way. They're going to need to figure that out. With Muzzin and with Hall, we'll roll the dice on the bottom. It could either be Travis Dermott and Rasmus Sandin, and then maybe you go and sign a similar player or the same Zach Bogosian again to a cheap deal to fill out that bottom bottom six. Not bottom six, the, your third pairing, I suppose I should say. So you sign a player of that ilk to finish out, your, round out your third pairing of the decor, and all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about that. Then you have to direct your attention elsewhere, like the goaltending. Because <laughs> I'm not heading into next season feeling good about the fact that right now the second goalie on the depth chart is Michael Hutchinson. I don't hate Hutchinson as much as everybody hates Hutchinson. I thought he was made some serviceable starts this season. But you can't expect to have any success if you're going to be starting that guy more than five or ten games when somebody gets injured. So that's the biggest... The biggest ticket item, I would say, is the 
backup goaltender that's going to be able to step in at times if Jack Campbell gets injured and create a serviceable tandem for this team. Serviceable tandem. 1A, Campbell, 1B, whoever, and roll them out. Campbell can start 45-50. The other guy starts 30-35, and you're off to the races. That's going to be the biggest challenge for this group. Let's go to the rumor mill. This story is totally bogus. What you heard was just an ugly rumor. And whoever started it should be ashamed of himself. Amen. Told you, spill. I'm not sure where we decide when something's a rumor versus it's basically dialed in. Because Elliot Friedman reporting this morning that Zach Hyman, as reported yesterday, is in Edmonton. And that's basically a deal's done. That Hyman will sign with the Oilers. The only question is, is whether the Oilers send a pick to Toronto to get his signing rights so they can add an additional year, thus keeping the AAV down, which I believe it's uh, if it was a seven-year deal, they were talking about the uh, $5.5 million range over seven years. If it's an eight-year deal, about $5.1, million, $5.2 million over eight years. So Toronto would get a draft pick. I can't imagine it would be anything substantial, probably a late round pick coming the other way. Basically, so Edmonton could get the extra year on the contract. I'm not surprised at all about this news or the fit. I think it makes a lot of sense for Edmonton to sign this player, at least over the short term. But my God eight-year contract? This is a player that's almost 30 years old. It's not 30 years old, you know, playing finesse in the center of the ice, you know, getting guys to dig it out for you and flick it out, and we'll call them highway miles. They aren't highway miles on Zach Hyman's body. These are city miles. He's going into corners. He plays a physical style of game. And he puts hard, hard, hard physical stress on his body night in and night out. So the term of that deal scares me a little bit for the Oilers. But short term, you're getting a winger who's going to slot in on the wing with McDavid. He's going to be able to do exactly what he's been doing for Matthews for the last several seasons. He's going to be able to dig pucks out. He's going to be able to win the one-on-one battles. He's going to put up points because he's proven that he can put up points in a situation where he's playing with other dominant players. So congratulations to Zach Hyman. I feel like we should also celebrate, as I saw Steve Dangle tweeting on tweeting today. I say tweeting on Twitter. Obviously, he's tweeting on Twitter. Where else would you tweet? That's This was a player that was acquired from the Florida Panthers for Greg McKegg. So, <laughs> ultimately, that one turned out pretty well. We always like to look back and see who won the trade. Pretty decent trade for the Leafs in this circumstance. But basically, Hyman out. So, Toronto's going to need to look for 
now another power forward who's going to be able to win the one-on-one puck battles. Because he's looked really comfortable on that wing for several seasons. He's been a mainstay. Everybody in Toronto loves him. Mike Babcock used to sing Zach Hyman's praises night in and night out. And whether you like the guy or not, he was right about that player. He's been a real important cog in the Leafs lineup over the past several seasons. So that's a gap that you have to fill if you're Toronto. So you got the decor solidified at least. You got to go to the bargain bin, see if you can fill out your bottom six. You need a top six winger. And you need a backup goaltender, which is the number one issue to address for this group moving into this offseason. Some other surprises that came from the expansion draft were who wasn't selected. We talked about last show, Carey Price and him being left exposed by Mark Bergevin and the Canadiens. Well, good game of chicken from Bergevin. As Price is not selected. Instead, they take Kale Fleury. So, a masterclass from Bergevin to leave that player exposed, understanding that Francis probably wouldn't want to go near that cap. And to be honest, I would not have been surprised either way. I wouldn't have been surprised if Seattle took him and said, we want the face of our franchise, we want a solidified, bona fide number one in net. But I also am not surprised that they decided, we're going to stay away from that mammoth deal, because cap space is going to be our biggest asset, and we need to manage that effectively. It's ultimately what Ronnie Francis's tact ended up being. Also, <laughs> Can we say as well, you know, I was having some good laughs with a couple of friends of mine yesterday afternoon because we are speculating on Tuesday nights whether or not we would even have to watch the expansion draft or whether or not the team would be out the morning of. Well, basically every player outside of Detroit's pick, who is Dennis Chalowski, by the way, was out by high noon. You knew the entire roster. So then they're doing this whole you know, expansion draft show in Seattle and like the Bay. And they're having, you know, Gary Payton and Sue Bird and all these notable Seattle celebrities and former athletes coming out. And it's like everybody already knows the whole team. Everybody knows all like 99% of who's going to be in this group. Oh, and by the way, Lee fans are complaining that they lost McCann. Well, other teams lost good players too. How about Calgary? They lose Mark Giordano. This is what State of Hoppy and I in the last episode were calling a slam dunk. I mean, one year left on his deal at $6.75 million, The bona fide number one forever in Calgary. I didn't realize this actually at the time. So maybe the expansion draft show wasn't worthless, but I didn't realize that Giordano had never been drafted. An undrafted free agent. And what a career he has made himself. Wins the Norris Trophy a couple of years ago. 
been the captain of the Flames for a long time. And ultimately, he gets picked up by Seattle. I'm not surprised by this pickup at all, especially since there's one year left on term. You can obviously probably retain half that salary and flip him out at the trade deadline to bring back some assets. Or you could try to re-sign him. Maybe he takes a little bit of a haircut. <laughs> no pun intended. I know that Gio's uh, looking a little bit shinier up top. Not that much lettuce going on anymore. But maybe he's willing to take a haircut and stay in Seattle and be a part of that leadership group. They're certainly going to expect him to be, this season, as one of the bona fide veterans. Another notable omission from who wasn't taken, uh, Vlad Tarasenko. Ron Francis deciding to, to go for uh, restricted free agent Vince Dunn instead to further solidify that decor. This one I was a little bit surprised about, but at the same time, again, consistent with his salary cap narrative, that he wants to make sure that he's controlling the price points. Now he's going to keep space open for the next several seasons because it's going to be the biggest asset for his group. It's also been noted that one thing that Francis valued was team lock in locker room chemistry. Tarasenko, a guy, there's been reports that he's caused problems in the locker room in St. Louis. And maybe you don't want to be bringing in that kind of a alpha dog who has that mentality into your room in an expansion franchise at that price point. Just maybe that didn't make sense. Was really impressed by the goaltending selections. Now, we speak about how they passed on Carey Price. Well, they end up getting Chris Drieger. They end up getting Joey Decord. And they end up getting Vidic Vanacek. From the Capitals, from the Senators, and from the Panthers, respectfully. These three goaltenders are young goaltenders with a lot of upside. I think you're hedging your bets a little bit because you're not bringing in a veteran guy who's going to, again, cost you more. And you get three young netminders who can compete for that top spot. They're going to push each other to earn that top spot. It was really, really nice selections, I thought. I know a lot of Sens fans were very upset to see Joey Decor going out. couple of years left for him at 750 price certainties there Drieger signs the three-year extension at 3.5 before he's going to be a free agent UFA and Vanacek one year left on his rookie deal before they go back to the drawing board as a restricted free agent so again cost certainty in net I think this goes toward a trend that we've been seeing where teams don't want to pay their goalie big money anymore. Like, look at Florida. They got the $10.5 million ticket. Really the only goaltender in the league who gets paid the massive, massive ticket and exceeds that expectation. I know people will say price because it's recent memory, but yes, he performed in the postseason, but regular season analytics, not the best. I'd, I'd say it's Vasilevsky. 
He's the only goaltender that I think gets paid the big bucks. He's been in the Vesa conversation, it seems like, every year for the last four or five years. He's big, he's dominant, he scares the other team. What was that stat? He was like, he's shut out the last six closeout games in the playoffs. He's uh, gotten a shutout to close the other team out to win the series. That's big time. That's big time. And these three young goaltenders, I expect them to be serviceable for this for this team. From the Ducks, it's Hayden Fleury. From the Arizona Coyotes, Tyler Picklick. From the Boston Bruins, Jeremy Lazon. From the Sabres, Will Borgen. From the Flames, Mark Giordano. From the Canes, Morgan Geeky. From the Hawks, John Quenville. Second cousin of Florida Panthers head coach Joel Quenville, I might add. Jonas Donskoy from the Avs. I really like that pickup. Offensive upside. Likely will be playing on the first line in Seattle. Gavin Bayreuther from the Jackets. Jamie Alexiak from the Stars. He signs an extension to stick around for four or five seasons in Seattle. So maybe... Ron Francis paying attention to the last four decors that were left in the postseason this year, getting his tree trunk for the front of the net. Dennis Chalowski from the Red Wings. Adam Larson, another surprise. Selected from the Oilers, and he decides to sign an extension in Seattle. This one's going to stick Edmonton a fair amount because regardless whether or not you want to talk about the Taylor Hall for Adam Larson trade that's always talked about whenever either of those two players and their relationship with that franchise come up he was a serviceable defenseman for them and they lose him for nothing Calgary loses their captain Edmonton loses a top four defenseman and Toronto's fans are upset because they gave up a seventh and a prospect to keep their roster intact. It doesn't make any sense to me. Chris Drieger, the goalie from the Florida Panthers. Curtis McDermott from the Kings. Carson Soucy from the Wild. Kale Fleury from the Canadiens. Callie Yarncrook from the Predators. Another good player. Low cap hit. Plays a physical, difficult style of game. This team's going to be a real pain in the ass to play against. But they're going to have trouble putting the puck in the back of the net. Nathan Bastian from the Devils. Jordan Eberle from the Islanders. You expect that's their first line guy. Again, cost certainty. Like that pick. New York Rangers, they select Colin Blackwell. Joey Decord, as we noted from the Senators. I'm going to butcher this one. Carson Twarenski from the Flyers. Brandon Tanev, again, bottom six guy from the Penguins. Plays a physical style of game, hard to play against. Alex True from the Sharks. Vince Dunn from the Blues. Yanni Gord from the Lightning. We knew that they were going to get a good player out of Tampa Bay. Gordon makes a lot of sense. Signed at just over $5 million AAV for the next four seasons and brings some much-needed experience and championship pedigree into that locker room after winning two cups over consecutive seasons with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Jared McCann, the center from the Leafs, selected. Cole Lenz, the winger from the Canucks. Vidic Vanacek, from the Capitals, and Mason Appleton, the right wing of the Winnipeg, another player that's difficult to play against. 
And that's it. That's your 2021 Seattle Kraken. I haven't looked at the updated championship odds, but as we were talking about in the last pod, that division is very good. I'm not sure how good the Canucks are going to be. I'm not sure how good the Calgary Flames are going to be. I'm not sure how good the Oilers are going to be. The three teams in California are rebuilding. And then you got Vegas and Seattle. I would not be surprised at all. I would not be surprised at all to see this team sneak into the playoffs in year one. Maybe those are high expectations and maybe this I'm blinded by what Vegas was able to do. And I would assume that there's still some more moves on the horizon for this team. One thing that was kind of surprising was the lack of trades prior to this. Nobody was trading anybody before the Vegas draft. It seemed like trades were flying left, right. McCrimmon McPhee were super active crickets GM's learned they weren't about to go out of their way to pay Ron Francis not to take a player just take your one guy and we're not going to be made to look like fools again by overpaying to take players like Eric Halla or Bill Carlson or were essentially taken in addition to with sweeteners so they wouldn't take other players. So obviously the GMs learned and that is your 2021 Seattle Kraken. So now we turn our attention to what's up next and that's the free agency, NHL free agency. Next Wednesday, I believe. July 28th. Wednesday, July 28th. Be interesting year. Interesting to see what the price point is for these free agents. Interesting to see what the Leafs will do, what other teams will do to address the holes in their lineup. Because there's a lot of work to do. As I said before, I'm going to be dialed in on the goaltending. I don't know about you guys, but I am fascinated to see what Kyle Dubas has up his sleeve. See if he can, who he's going to bring in to back up Jack Campbell. I'm fascinated to watch that. Until next time, thanks for listening to episode 58 of LeafSpot on the Hockey Podcast Network. Toss us a follow on Twitter, at Ken Stapon, at LeafSpot, at HockeyPodNet. And we'll catch you next time.